Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast. Another league game for Sunderland, and it is a defeat, two-one away to Rotherham. And obviously, as always, we'll get into what happened during the game. Um, some of the changes that were made. We'll have a brief look ahead to the next game, which is of course Saturday's game away to Coventry. A nice early kickoff on that one. But starting with this game, John, I said to Michael. I think I said to everyone really at the start of the season. Um, you know, before we'd even signed a player, before we'd kicked a ball, that. There's two games, well, four games that I think Sunderland should be expected to win this season. And that is Wigan at home, Wigan away, Rotherham at home and Rotherham away. And that I said, that was at the start of the season. Things have changed. We are, you know, we were up to, I think, fifth yesterday. And the teams that we're expected to beat now is far more significant than just Rotherham and Wigan. But to lose that game is one of the worst results of the season. We'll get on to the first half, but... The first half performance was definitely the worst half um, of the season for Sunderland. Yeah, it's a, you know, I, I think it's quite a tricky one. You know, we we'd all look at it and see how we played Rotherham at home, and you think, well, we should go there, play our football. You know, they're scrapping for their lives, and they're not gonna not gonna get anywhere near us in theory. You know, I know that's that sounds a little bit cocky, but that's normally the the consensus, um, and it just. It just wasn't like that. I could even point to the first one. I think it was one minute, 20 seconds on there. And Luke 09 makes, I think it's, they're, they're only small, but sort of three mistakes. And you're thinking, mm, hang on a minute. We haven't, we don't look like we're starting, starting very well here. Um, I think you've, you've maybe got a mark down Rotherham away, judging on previous experiences that, you know, it's, it's a new Tramir away. We're just, it's just a horrible place that we just don't seem to, you know, don't seem to do very well there. And, for all, for all Rotherham were, let's say that's probably one that they'd probably say that that's their best performance of the of the season at their place. You know, we didn't help in any in any way, shape, or form. We were we were dreadful. Yet we still, you know, probably had enough chances to even in win the game. So it's it's very much a a, a weird one. You know, I, I almost want to put it down and say, oh, it's just you know a shit a shit night all round. We'll, we'll we'll put it to bed. But I think it is important to. To, to, to you know dissect it and and see why you know who what and why you know why it went wrong and, and those types of things and you know we know Mowbray's you know taking a bit of the blame but I don't think he can you know he obviously takes some of the blame but I don't think he takes it all you know there's no there's no excuse for not winning second balls and those types of things so it's just it's it's almost typical Sunderland where you think yeah we're you know we're, we're going somewhere now and there's there's talk of you know oh we're in the playoffs and you know if we stay in the next three four games and you know, we can really have a go and it's a little bit like, nah, just just get knocked back down a, a peg or two. And that's that's just a typical Sunderland thing, which I think sometimes we you know, we 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 take for granted if if you see what I mean. Yeah. And obviously I think that drops us down to eighth, which considering I think a win would have left us in fourth, shows how tight it is. And just to um what's the word? Demonstrate how tight it still is if we win on Saturday. If the results go our way, we can still go fourth. So, you know, there's still, what, 13, 14 games left in the season. There's still plenty of points to play for. And it's, you know, it's probably one of these seasons where it's going to go down to the last two, maybe last game of the season to decide who will finish top six. But obviously a few changes in the team for this game. Roberts was dropped. Um, I say dropped, rested. Uh, Hume, obviously he gave away the penalty in the uh, Bristol City game. He was rested or nine came in and... Elise was rested as well. Dennis Serkin came in. And 
you like it's easy to understand why you need to rest players because you know with how many games we've played in the last kind of two weeks you know it's saturday tuesday saturday tuesday for the last kind of three weeks i think it is and i'm not sure if we have a game this tuesday or not but um you know you can see why we need to rest players but at the same time when you drop the likes of hume you drop the likes of Roberts, that's when you see how important they actually are to the team yeah, it's, it's, you know, especially Patrick, Patrick Roberts. Um, I think he's, you know, barring Stewart, he's probably put himself down as, you know, the best player at the club, you know, sort of on a consistent level, especially sort of, you know, attacking-wise. Um, as soon as he came on, it it did change the game. And then you've got to look at, at Mowbray and say, look, why? You know, because to, to me, you know, we'll go off the first 45, but Ahmad was was dreadful. And I'm not talking about, you know, trying stuff and it not even coming off. You know, his his man just stepping in front of him and normally he's he's so sharp, you know, on, on those top things and you cannot get near him. But it wasn't once, it was sort of three, four, five, you know, six times. And, you know, he, he was he was back defending eventually, but it was sort of like, it was your mistake that, you know, that led to that. And we know at the moment, you know, those, those little mistakes are being punished. Um, you know, the... Personally, I think I think anybody in the team could have been could have been changed. Um, obviously, we want to keep the centre backs, you know, nice and solid. Um, I didn't think, you know, uh, even though we we needed to probably change Trey Hume, I never go nine covered himself in glory, barring you know a, a very very good you know assist for Gelhard. Um, You know, we we've been or maybe personally, I've been calling for for Serkin to come back in and. You know, it's not just him, but you know, I thought he was dreadful last night. Absolutely dreadful. Um, and it and it's what what do you do if you know you you change it and and that happens and you sort of you know you've got to live by it. Um, you know, personally, I think Daniel didn't need to play ninety minutes, you know, at all. But for some reason, you know, he did. We probably needed, you know, Mitchu looked okay in there because obviously he had the midweek break last week, and then this week you would have thought maybe it's. It's Dan Neal's turn. You know, we've got a big game Saturday and you'd expect, you know, Dan Neal to play another 90 minutes. Um, and maybe it's just telling, you know, I, lo- I love the bloke, you know, absolutely a massive fan. Um, but yesterday for, for sort of 40 minutes, I didn't even know he was playing. And that's, to me, that's in, in the, the team that we have and the way we play, That that's not good enough in any way. And you can put that down to how good Rotherham were, how crap we were, but obviously he's not... He's not in the game, so if he's not in the game, there's you know there's there's something wrong, I think. Um, so yeah, the the changes are a little bit, you know, like I said, it it, it could have been could have been anybody, um, but you know, like like we said earlier, Mowbray probably will take take some of the stick, but you know, the the players coming in have, have really got to take their opportunity because there are you know even though we're, we're we say Fred Bear, you know, there's still a lot of players in the squad. There should be players chomping at the bit to come in you know, and do um and do a job. And, you know, for some reason the whole team yesterday, especially when it started, just looked, you know, rattled. Even Patterson's kicking. I think he just shanked one out like yeah. under no pressure whatsoever. And you're thinking, what what has happened? You know, from this cool, you know, set of kids who, you know, are fearless and play without fear and and you know, and we've we've been scared by sort of no disrespect, but sort of crappy old Rotherham. That's yeah, like I say, no disrespect to them, but you know, I thought they were excellent. Um, but you know, we we shouldn't be going to teams like that and almost I wouldn't even say it was rolling over. You know, I, I really can't put my finger on it on, you know, what happened. Um, but yeah, going back to your original point, the changes, I think it could have been anyone. I think a few of the wrong people were rested. 
um, you know, and maybe the wrong the wrong people maybe came in, but that's ultimately Robry's decision. And you know, he has to get on the chin and said it's you know it will shoulder some of the blame. Yeah, and obviously we went two 0 down in the game. The first of which was in the first half, and while you can look at the strike and say you know you could probably hit that. 10 times and nine times out of 10 the keeper saves it goes wide hits the post whatever there's one time it has went in the bottom corner and you know credit for the finish but the defending from Sunderland was just non-existent you've got two midfielders Dan Neal and Michu you've got you know your entire back four Unayan Danny Barr and just not one of them went towards the ball to close it down I think you ran 15-20 yards you know had time to look up decide where you wanted to hit the ball hit the ball and I think it went through Bart's legs in the end, but there's just no one going towards it whatsoever. Yeah, again, it's, <clears throat> you know, from, from their side, they'll, they'll look at it and say, it's you know, it's a cracking finish and, you know, maybe we could learn a thing or two, you know, off of that finish, whereas, you know, we we, will n- we don't shoot from outside the box for some reason. just just does not happen. You know, we shift it side to side, whereas you get a team, you know, and I, I think you saw it a few times yesterday, anywhere near the box, they'll just have a pop and maybe we could could learn from that. But yeah, someone, I don't think if you're playing sort of two holding midfielders in Mitchu and, and Dan Neal, you know, and you've got a centre-back pair in a bar and um, Bath, you know, you shouldn't be getting a shot as easily away as he did. You know, like I said, it goes through Bath's legs, but I don't think he's, he's not really anywhere, anywhere near it. And it's, there's no one even around him, you know, which is again, a massive frustration. Um, and, and it just added to, you know, the the calamity that we saw, you know, throughout, you know, what, what we'd call what a, a terrible 70 minutes. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously, I think it came out on Twitter before the game that Sunderland still haven't scored a goal in the first half from open play um, this year. And obviously that remained the same. It was 1-0 at half time. We came out second half and looked a bit better. Um, you know, we started moving the ball a little bit quicker, a little bit more progressive but once again Rotherham scored again a very similar goal outside the box no one really closing down and it came from a Daniel ever Lugo Nyan's high up the pitch obviously they play it down that side because there's no one there to cover it and again it was just one of these goals that you concede because people aren't in position people aren't people are reluctant to go at the ball they want to back off and you know kind of get back into shape but while that will work sometimes if you back off too much, people will shoot from outside the box and will score from outside the box. Yeah, I think I think you've hit, you know hit the the nail on the head. Um, you know, I think f- first things first. I think you've got uh, you've maybe got to criticise Tony Moby for not reacting at half time. You know, I think forty five minutes is plenty of time to to get yourself in the game, and and if you're not, you know, we we didn't really have any really good spells I don't think in the first half you know and it, it definitely needed you know we've got five subs now it's not like we're, we're um you know restricted to three you can you can go in there and even even a double change or or that you know some of these players have got to learn that you you can be brought off a half time if you're not putting I say not putting the shift in but if it's just not happening um which obviously we know it weren't you know you you have to be reactionary to that we look at you know the the three subs came on um I know it was just after the um after the second goal, obviously we did get reaction. Now, wh- why not do that at halftime and get that reaction straight away? You then equalise. And then I, th- I think then that there is probably only really one team who's going to go on and win it. Um, so again, it's another it's another criticism to to Mowbray for not making them, Jay-Z. He doesn't seem to want to make 
half-time change, barring if it's, you know, a really bad injury. Um, but yeah, the, obviously the second goal, Daniel, maybe, again, I know, you know, the Bristol City, you know, penalty comes from a Daniel sort of losing the ball and getting it stuck under his feet. And again, you've got to adapt to the conditions. You know, it was wet. I saw a lot of people slipping over. Just get out of your feet quicker. Even one touch, just pass. You know, we, a lot of the time we were good at that, you know, getting it back to Patterson in, in tight corners. And he obviously gets caught out of, um, you know, caught in possession. You know, again, he's been, you know, we're, we're probably quite a lot, you know, saying it now that he, he does get caught in possession at times, you know, and he needs to have a bit more awareness um, and maybe some some fatigue in there as well. Um, I'm I'm loath to blame Luca Nyman because I think we do play with, you know, sort of a high high right back when, you know, we do have the ball and we, we get out wide and we, we play on the break quickly. Um, and obviously once once that space is there, you know, there was only really one outcome. To be fair, again, it's a very good finish into the bottom corner, um, and it was it was a little bit of a, even though they they probably deserved it, it was still a little bit of a of a sucker punch. Yeah, and there is one positive to take out of the game, which came about 15 minutes after Rotherham scored their second. Then it was that Joe Gilhart got his first goal since joining the club, and he's, he's had a slow start. He hasn't really hit the ground running, I don't think. And, you know, given the situation, the fact he hasn't actually played too much football prior to coming here, you know, he's thrown into a team. He played, I think, what, three or four days after signing and was expected to kind of match, you know, everyone else on the pitch that's with him and, and play the way we play, which is hard for any new player coming in. But he did get his first goal after what I think is his fifth game. And... It's the type of goal you want to see from him because he's in the right place at the right time. Obviously, he had one about five minutes before that that was ruled out for offside and it was offside. But, you know, to get in between two defenders, get the ball in the box, there has been a couple of times so far that he has been in that position and not scored. But to get that one will, you know, hopefully give him a lot of confidence going forward. Yeah, you'd hope so. I think that's probably, you know, one of the only real positives to come out of last night. Um, Even though, you know, on the whole, it was... It was still a bit of a frustrating night. You know, obviously his offside goal, he doesn't need to be offside, I don't think. He's, you know, he should be intelligent enough to look across the line. Um, and then the, I think there's there another one that comes off his shoulder that he sort of heads straight at the goalkeeper and you're thinking just anywhere else, you know. But but yeah, to, to, to get his first goal um, will hopefully give him, you know, that that is like the monkey off the back, isn't it? You know, if if Will Grigg had scored, you know, against Blackpool straight away, maybe it would have been different. You You know, you never know. Um, but yeah, for him to to get his first goal, like I say, we'll give him confidence. It's a it's a fantastic ball from from Luca Nine, and to be fair, yeah. it's literally straight on on Geldart's head. Um, and you know, we'll we'll take it. I, th- I, th- I still think we struggle to get him into games. I don't know, you know, because we don't have too many high players, sort of high up the field, barring you know, sort of Clark and Roberts out wide. You know, if Geldart does come deep, you know, sometimes a criticism of, of Ross Stewart. You know, there isn't then no one there where either if he's going to drop in, someone needs to like replace him. Like, you know, Pritchard then needs to to be that that focal point, you know, in, in play. Or we need to say to him, look, you need to stay high. The boys are back here who can do that job. You need to stay high, be in around that box. And if we can find him with, you know, the, the play that we have got, I think a few balls went across across the box and he wasn't quite in the position. You know, I think... You know, if if we can tell him and, and get him to stay in there, then I, I don't see any re- any reason why he can't, you know, 
you know, sort of find the find the net on a regular basis. Yeah. And obviously, well, yesterday, um, after the game, I was kind of thinking what the narrative of this podcast would be, and it would be the fact that something got robbed of a goal in the last few minutes, which we'll get on to. But having watched a replay of something that happened earlier in the game, I don't think we can complain too much about it. But we'll talk about that goal now, because it was given as a foul. The ball goes into the box. Lugo Nyan jumps, I would say. Keeper comes out, jumps into one iron. Keeper goes down. Keeper actually gets back up, makes a save, realises the ball's gone behind him, goes down, holds his head. At least he puts the ball in the back of the net and gets given as a foul on the keeper, which, to put it straight, never a foul, is it? It's, it is a re- this is one of those real, real tough ones, I think. Um, obviously, for me... I think they're both going for the ball, and if you're both going for the ball, I think they do. They both, I'm sure they both missed the ball. But so neither who, they get anywhere near it. Yeah. So who, if they've both gone for the ball and they collide, it's not it's not studs up. He hasn't like the goalkeeper hasn't punched him like Circa like, like a few weeks ago. It is a coming together that yeah. as 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 you as you see it. Um, so to me personally. I don't think it is a free kick with with what goes on on the rest of the pitch in in that grand scheme of things. But on the flip side, goalkeepers are well protected. Whether you agree with that or not, I certainly don't. You know, at times. Um, but for me, and with the referee, I can see why he's given it. And like I said, I don't I don't agree, but I can see, you know. I can see why it is given. You never know whether, you know, Luco Nine's card is marked because we know he's a master of the dark arts, you know, and, and on corners. I've seen him, you know, blocking people, fouling people. I think even in the first half, I think he, he it was just off shot, I think, but I think he elbowed, uh, not elbowed, sort of brushed That's the other thing I was going to go on about because when I've seen it back and you look at it, that is a penalty for all of them, really. Yeah, that's that's what I mean, and that, and those little things will be sort of they'll, they'll come past. Um, you know, the, the Robin players will will mention it, and they'll say, "Look, just watch him." They'll say to ref, "Just watch him," and and it's in the ref's mind. Um, you know, those types of things. Um, I think a perfect example I think was in the first half, and I think one of our players, I think it might be Ballard, who absolutely went through one of the Rotherham players. The referee played on, not not advantage, but didn't give the foul. And then there was one that wasn't a foul, but he gave it. So you can obviously tell he knows he's fucked up the first one, so he's given the second one. You know, he's, yeah. it's those types of things you've unfortunately, you know, got to live with. But yeah, the the penalty one, I can see, you know, I can I can see both sides. Personally, I, I, you know, they both go for the ball. They don't get anywhere near the ball. It's a coming together, like for me, for me personally. Um, so, you know, it, it is a goal, but obviously I can see why the ref has given it and it, again it's is one of those you know frustrating ones that you just have to to suck it up and it, and it sounds a strange one but even though we created those chances I still don't think our whole performance warranted you know the, um yeah. you know maybe getting the point um you know it's, it's it's like when we played Bristol and you know obviously they probably did deserve a point but it was just frustrating obviously the way they got it you know if they don't get a penalty we win one nil we we're sort of happy as Larry and they're frustrated but yeah it's just yeah we we I, personally I don't think I don't think we did deserve it um but 
you know, you in those games you, you take it if it if it does come. And it's a shame that, you know, our other chances. I think there was one with Elise, you know, he's playing as the makeshift striker and a better touch and he scores. You know, I think Ballard missed a, missed a, a what we'd call a sitter, really, because it was a free yeah. header. So he's he's very good in the air. Um, you know, you you go to through those through those chances. Yeah, and whether people think we deserved a point or the win or whatever, we didn't get it. Finished two one Rotherham, and I say that does drop us down to eighth, but that sounds worse than it actually is because, as I say, a win on Saturday. Results going away, you can potentially find yourself back up in fourth. It is so tight at the moment. But before we look at that game on Saturday, if you had to pick a standout player, who would it be? A standout. It's going to be a substitute. Yeah, yeah, I think it's got to be Patrick Roberts. Um, you know, he's as soon as they come on, even even the Rotherham. You know, I had the I had the Rotherham commentary on, and even they were saying like, you've got to shut Roberts down. And obviously, you know, he he did prove that. To be fair. Um, I think he's even outshining, you know, Ahmad, yeah. and, and Ahmad seemed to to be the player to sort of sulk because Roberts wasn't playing. If he's not playing, it's a bit like, well, if my mate's not playing, I'm not really, really bothered. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a strange one. But yeah, Roberts was. He will probably go as far as saying, you know, fantastic. In fairness, he's sort of carried us up the pitch, you know, a lot of the time. It wasn't really any, you know, real, real movement, and we only really looked like doing something when. When he came on the pitch, and ultimately he's just made himself, you know, undroppable, and and we we need to you know manage his minutes now. So if we are, you know, it's easy to say if we are two or three now up on Saturday, which I, I highly doubt we will be. You know, yeah. after 50, seventy minutes, he's the player you do bring off and you do protect, and you know, so we can use him going forward because I think after even in the Coventry game is going to be a very very tough game. I know that there's tougher tougher test after that which we're going to need him you know because it's it, the game's going to be fine margins yeah and obviously if Coventry win that game I think they go a point behind us with the game in hand on us so out of the games that we've had recently I'd say this one is probably one of the most important ones um, but like I say that's half 12 kickoff and that is going to be a lovely three and a half hour drive seven o'clock in the morning for me that one um, which hopefully ends up being worth it in the end but if you had to go with a prediction for that one, and I will remind you that it's been 38 years since we've won at Coventry. 1985 was the last time we won there. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not going to go against that. I'll probably, I'll probably say a one-all. Um, I think we do owe him a little bit after the first game of the season where I thought we played really, really well for the majority. And, you know, they had sort of a little spell and, and pegged us back a little bit. So, yeah, I'd... Ultimately, it's the same every week. Ultimately, I'll take a win anywhere it comes. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think it's probably going to be a draw. But like I said, I'll, I'll take a win at, at any cost. Yeah. But I say that is on Saturday. We'll have a podcast out, hopefully on the Sunday, on the Monday, to talk all about that one. There's no midweek game next week. So a little bit of a rest for players, which is needed, I think, based off that performance against Rotherham. But like I say, something will be out to talk about that Coventry game in due course. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.